Welcome to this week's edition of Hockey Unfiltered, the podcast with Ken Campbell. I'm the sidekick Dylan Waugh. I am the Chris Kunitz to Ken Sidney Crosby because basically I'm carry-on luggage. This week we're going to be talking about Adam Johnson, the Vancouver Canucks, Shane Pinto, and Joe Thornton. So stick around. going to be a great episode. Check us out on Twitter at Ken underscore Campbell 27, of course, at underscore Dylan Waugh, and at Dylan Goalie Coach on Instagram for those grammars out there. Kenneth. Hello, Dylan. How was your week? My week? Well, I didn't really have a week because we podcasted last Thursday, so. For those of you that don't know yet, Ken is a big fan of the literalisms. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Feels like it's been a million years since I've seen you, Ken. No, it actually Well, that would hasn't. bring us into the late Cretaceous period, Dylan. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it would bring us into the late Cretaceous. I think that's like 200 million years, so maybe just forget I said anything. Okay. Yeah, let's. Yeah, let's. <laughs> yeah, let's. <laughs> I think that's how people uh, listen mm-hmm. to this podcast anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you want to get started? It's going to, it's going to start off heavy and then get yeah, lighter yeah. and lighter from well, there. Let's hope so. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully when we're talking about Joe Thornton's retirement. Yeah. 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 All right. Adam Johnson, take us away. Yeah. Very, very tragic story. Yeah. Um, in the British, uh, elite league, um, young man, 29 year old player by the name of Adam Johnson for the Nottingham Panthers, uh, had his carotid i assume his carotid artery uh, artery severed yeah uh in what's called what's being called a freak accident and we'll get into whether or not these accidents are freak accidents anymore yeah um but uh yeah and tragically passed away um on the weekend i'm sure if you're following the hockey world you've heard about it um adam johnson was a young man from minnesota um played very briefly in the nhl uh, actually scored a goal, scored one NHL goal for the Pittsburgh Penguins, played uh, in the Kings organization, in the Penguins organization, probably one or two others that I'm forgetting, and then sort of went over to uh, the DEL, the, the German League, and this year was playing in Britain. Um, and uh, EIHL, so, I believe. EIHL, it's called, yeah. yes. Um, and um, yeah, uh, you know, I mean... I, 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 you can't help but see the, the, the footage of the, of the video. If you, if you're, if you're on Twitter, I've managed uh, to avoid it. Actually, yeah. I, 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 ha- I, 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 I tried to as well. Um, yeah. but it looked like, you know, the guy was coming in for a hit. It, it looks like he hits his teammate and then maybe loses an edge and his skate goes flying through the air. And it's just, it's just a, a terrible, horrible thing. Um, you know, so now the discussion obviously is going to be, you know, does, should the NHL um, institute some sort of mandatory neck protection? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I, I obviously think they should um, because as I said, you know, they're, they're calling this a freak accident and it, and it kind of is, but like, I mean, Jacob Lauko of the Boston Bruins took a skate right near the eye, just like days before, yeah, last I saw that, year, yeah. last year, Evander Kane got his wrist sliced or his forearm sliced. You know, we all saw the the, the Eric Carlson injury, the, the, the severed Achilles tendon. Um, so I'm not sure these accidents are quite as freak as we're making them out to be anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you know, the fact of the matter is the game's getting faster. The players are getting bigger 
And there are guys who get their skates sharpened every period. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're, you're skating on knives out there. Um, and there's a lot of force behind that because it's on the person's foot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so um, so should they? I, I, I think they should. Will they? I doubt it. Um, and I, I can only sort of look at history to suggest that. I mean, in 1968, Bill Masterton got hit into the boards, fell backwards, hit his head on the ice, and and essentially died on the ice. Hmm. That was in 1968, and 20 years later, there were still guys playing without helmets. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. You know. I. I mean. I mean. You, you know. It, it's the, the the sort of the um. I guess that the. the Sort of the the, I'm trying to figure out the word here. That just the, the the idea is that after something like this happens, well, you know, one one is too many, and after that happens, then you then you do something about it. Mm-hmm. But that's not human nature, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, because then people would have started wearing seatbelts after the first person was killed in a car accident. I was literally thinking about seatbelts. Yeah, and when and, you're talking and, about and, this and, and how and, car crashes are freak accidents right, yeah. that happen every single minute of every single day right in North exactly America. exactly and 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 it was it's never like it wasn't safety that 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 got people wearing seatbelts yeah it wasn't the safety factor it is now probably yeah like i would you know i mean if they if they repealed the seatbelt law and said you you're good to go wear a seatbelt don't wear a seatbelt we don't care i would still wear a seatbelt because it's safe but it wasn't that that got people wearing seatbelts. It was the fact that they were going to get ticketed. Right. Right. So, and you know, I mean, the fact of the matter is, is there's, you know, I mean, it, it was at the senior hockey level. It's, that's not, you know, any kind of pro level, but it's still a fairly high level of hockey, but a guy died in a hockey fight, you know, right. yeah, yeah. And, and at, in senior hockey in Ontario. And there's been nothing to curb fighting. I mean, other than the penalties that were in place, which is a major five minute major penalty. Yeah. Right. And and instigator if if that never the referee wakes out. up on one side of the bed that day and decides that you started the fight. Yeah. Um, but other than that, so I, I don't I, I think this is gonna have to be I it's gonna come. Like I, I'm sure that it's going to happen, but I mean it's gonna it's gonna have to be mandated because you know helmets happen because they were mandated visors are happening because they're mandated you know all these things these safety things you know the 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 danglers or the 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 neck protection for goalies that i'm not sure if that's mandated or not in the nhl um but i know you know i know with with respect to neck guards um in both the ontario hockey league and the quebec major junior hockey league you have to wear one yeah and the WHL, you don't have to for whatever reason. I, I would I would expect that might change, um, but you know it'll come. But it'll it'll have to be something where players are forced to do it because, you know, I mean, in a year after Bill Masterton died, and and I mean comparing the '60s to now is, I realize that's not the best comparison, but Ted Green and Wayne Mackey got into a a stick sing, swinging incident in a preseason yeah. game in Ottawa. Wayne Mackey hit Ted Green right out, right into the right temple mm-hmm. uh, with his stick. Almost killed him. He was convulsing on the ice. You know, he had to have a, a plate inserted into his skull. 
uh, that he had for the rest of his life. So like it was a huge, huge injury, right? So the next practice, GM Milt Schmidt shows up at practice and has a helmet ready for everybody. Hmm. And he says, if you guys want to play, you're going to wear this helmet. If you don't want to wear this helmet, get off the ice right now. Everybody looked over towards Bobby Orr to yeah. see what Bobby Orr was going to do because that was going to dictate what everybody else was going to do. Yeah. And Bobby Orr turned around and skated off the ice. And they never had to wear helmets. So, wow. you know, um, it, it, it's going to have to be mandated. And I just don't know that players are there yet. Um, you know, we saw Clint Malarchuk. That was in the 90s, I believe. My, you know, 25, 30 years ago. Then this this happens. I mean, but but it happens, you know, like I said, with, you know, Evander Kane and and other guys, you're seeing it happening, happening a lot more. So I guess it's going to be up to the player. And I, I don't know that the players are are quite there yet. So growing up, um, goalies of my vintage would wear danglers and no neck guards, no clavicle protection. And uh, last summer. I think I told you in person. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I was out with uh, TMU, and they, they had some guys that were alumni that, were, that are now playing pro various places in the world. Anyways, one guy hit me early on in the, in the skate and broke my dangler on the left side. Hmm. Okay, not a big deal. I kept the dangler on because I figured the odds that another puck hits me exactly right there, well... <clears throat> At the end of this skate, somebody's practicing one timers from the hash marks. Puck goes right through the hole in the dangler, hits my clavicle uh, straight on, breaks it. And now I wear uh, clavicle protection. Wow. Yeah. And I stopped wearing a dangler. Like, th- like there's nothing like a wake up call where you're just like, you know, wow. And, and to your point about freak accidents, you know, uh, a friend of mine playing in the OHL cross checked a guy in front of the net. That guy went down, his feet went up and embedded his skate. Mm-hmm. Into this, into his inner thigh. Wow, and a freak accident. What well, just happened it, yeah. to fall? But when you, to your point, when you are two hundred plus pound grown people, you know, going around with knives on your feet at forty kilometers an hour, thirty five kilometers an hour, uh, you're kind of inviting a freak accident. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And and so I, I do agree. I think that. You know, uh, cut-proof material, because that was the big thing for him, uh, the friend of mine in the OHL, where would cut-proof socks have uh, prevented that? Yeah. And I think the consensus is probably, right? Now, that thin cut-proof material is only so so good against so much force. Yeah, yeah. But for, for the comfort level of it, which it, it's really, the technology's gotten to the point where it just feels like virtually any other shirt mm-hmm. that you're wearing. Yep. And the weight and all the rest of it. For the comfort level of it, to, compared to the protection level of it, it's a very, very small, uh, it's a very small leap to make that to say, and now you can turn around and say, like, if the cut happens through the cut proof, that's more of a freak accident. Right, right. And and you know what? I mean, I, I, I mean, NHL players will say it's a comfort thing that arenas are hot and all that other stuff. And it doesn't look fabulous, you know? One like guy it, made it look fabulous who just retired. Yeah, Thomas, Thomas McClanic. McClanic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, 
you know, I mean, but it doesn't it doesn't look great. And, you know, I mean, but I don't I, like I, having things on my neck. I wouldn't buy. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't wear yeah. collared shirts because really? of it. I don't like well, having things on my neck. Okay. It's, a, it's a weird it's a pet peeve of mine. But again, that sorry, I should have maybe prefaced with that because you break your clavicle one time. And guess who's wearing something on his neck every time he's out skating? Right, right. Well, I, I, I mean, I play, I play pickup hockey on Wednesday nights, and I'm, I'm probably going to go and get one this yeah. week. Yeah, this week. You know, yeah. because it, it like, and it, it's happened. I, I know, I know what happened in the minors a couple of years ago. I, I can't remember who it was or what the situation was, but a guy got a cut on his upper leg. Yeah. And it was really bad. And I can't I well, no, it was Tucker was? it was Tucker Tynan in, in junior hockey. Oh, right. In yeah, junior yeah. hockey. Yeah. He was playing junior hockey. And he that was that was terrible too, you know? I mean, so like I said, these accidents are not they're not they're not common, but they're not freak accidents anymore. It's not a freak accident anymore. It's are it's, so it's an, fast. It's an it's a rare happening it's an uncommon accident but i i think this to call them freak accidents now is kind of i i think that's that's a little bit exaggeration they're not freak accidents anymore do you know what the joke about motorcycles is no the you know what the most dangerous component of a motorcycle is the (laughs) the part that always fails the guy who's driving it (laughs) yeah it's the nut that connects the handlebars to the seat (laughs) right Yep. But my point is, is that things are getting so fast in the NHL, just like on the roads, things are getting faster, just like everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. And and yeah, I agree. Freak accidents are 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 less of a freak occurrence, and uh, and I do think that that a certain amount of safety should be mandated. I I don't think like with like and and I go back to just saying, and I'll, I'll end off with this. And if you got more to say, please yeah, do. Yeah. But I'm going to end yeah. off with this and just say, the technology for the cut proof socks and the cut proof material is such that it's not this big padded foamy thing going around your neck anymore. Right. It's now it can now be a very thin just an extension of your under armor of what you're wearing already under your under your um mm-hmm. under your your equipment. Yeah. Right? It can just be an extension on your gitch and it's not that big of a deal uh as as the technology is. It, yeah, you're right. I mean I I don't think I don't think that excuse exists anymore. I, I think it's either a look thing or whatever, but I, I don't think that the tech that the the whole discomfort thing you can really play that card anymore. Yeah, you know, it's like me. I like I I, I had a p- couple of blood clots and now I'm I'm on blood thinners for the rest of my life. And the doctor told you know, and the first thing I thought was you know, well, what if I what if I take a puck in hockey? And he said, well, now he said it's not like the old days when you'd bleed and bleed and bleed if you got a cut. Right. If you're on blood thinners now, you, you get a cut and you bleed for 10 minutes instead of five. Yeah. You know, and he said, if you take a puck in a, in a spot that's not protected, you're going to get a really ugly bruise that's going to turn 15 different colors, but you're going to be fine. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> like that bruise <laughs> yeah, that I just showed you on my shoulder. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So I, I don't think you can go you can use that argument anymore. And, you know, the the. The arguments, the, the the arguments in f- against it are are really starting to pile up. I would think. Yeah, I think uh, to sum it up, your statement was right. One is too many. Now it's been more than one. What do we do? Yeah, yeah. Bingo. Yeah. Okay. Should we move on to Shane Pinto? We should move on to Shane Pinto. Before we move on to Shane Pinto, 
just because, you know, I want to do this right. Check out kencampbell.substack.com for this podcast, currently exclusively, but that's by accident. <laughs> um, if you're listening to this on on uh, on Apple Podcasts right now, then I have I have completed a Herculean effort of getting this podcast reinstated because for whatever reason, we got flagged as spam hmm. and uh, ironically, while getting rid of all of our ads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so now and it's been really difficult trying to get things back up and running with uh, with Apple Podcasts and, mm-hmm. and Spotify and all of those and Spreaker and CastBox and whatever else. So if you're listening to us there, you're welcome, world. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, let's move on to Shane Pinto. Shane Pinto gets, uh, well, let's just call it a slap on the wrist. Oh, I don't know. It's more than a slap on the wrist. That was, uh, that oh, was, oh, I see. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sarcasm. He got his knuckles wrapped in a big way. Yeah. He got the hand cut off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Shane Pinto gets uh, a hefty suspension. I heard, and I haven't actually looked it up for myself, but I heard second longest suspension in NHL history. It might be the longest. Like somebody said it was the longest and I found that hard to believe, but I thought there's been 50 gamers, but yeah. Anyways. Yeah. But, but a very, very lengthy suspension, half a season. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. It's 40, 41 games. Correct. Yeah. 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 So tell me, tell me what your thoughts are. What's the latest on the Shane Pinto situation? Well, there's no latest. I mean, there's, and there's not going to be a latest for a while unless, you know, more facts come to the surface, but um, to me, it's not so much what's, you know, sort of what the latest is as opposed to, you know, so where, you know, what, I, I mean, the first thing a lot of people were saying was, well, you know, the league's pretty disingenuous, you know, f- you know, suspending a guy for half a year for gambling when it, you know, when, when, and then they had a picture of Shane Pinto playing last year and he had a bet 99 decal on his helmet. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's it's no anybody who's watched <clears throat> more than ten minutes of hockey knows that uh, that hockey games on TV are inundated with sports ad with uh, uh, sports gambling advertising. Yeah. I mean that that much is you know that much is is very apparent. And there's I think there's a lot of people who see some real you know that 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 doesn't square. You know that for some reason players you know you you can't really blame players for for gambling uh you know and and maybe f- running afoul of the rules when you're in bed with gamblers i i disagree i i don't i'm you know i'm as big of a critic of the league as anybody yeah. but i i don't think the league did anything wrong here i mean you're going to take revenues where they come from yeah and you know what <clears throat> we've been through a pandemic. This league has been through a pandemic. The players have had to pay back, you know, millions and hundreds of millions of dollars back to the league uh, to get the salary cap back up. You're going to take your, you know, you're, you're going to take your revenues where they come from. And that's with, with sports gambling, which is legal in all of Canada and probably every state now. Um, <clears throat> so to me, th- this one's on the player. Like this one's on the player. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I mean, he had a third party proxy betting account, which is against the rules. I mean, yeah, that's that's rule number one. Don't do that because it's against the rules. Rule number two, don't give anyone else access to your betting account because that's stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. 
I mean, so to me, for people to, you know, kind of equate this to, uh, yeah, well, you know, the NHL allows gambling, so this is going to happen. You know, I, I don't, I don't buy it because for a thousand years, this league was basically propped up by breweries. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, and still is to a large degree. We still have the Molson Cup. We have, you know, there's, 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 it's everywhere. Yeah, but you know, you're not going to blame a player's alcoholism on the fact that that. You know, and that hockey's so closely related to beer companies. So why would you do it in this case? I, I just think, you know, you got to rely on the adults in the room, and the adults in the room are the players, and the players have to be smart. Like you can't just sit here and go, "Oh well, I didn't know," or "or I got, I have to be better educated," or whatever. I, I think this one's on the player. Um, what I'd like to say to the whole idea of uh, while well, they're taking ad revenue from gambling, so they're you know therefore the league somehow is somehow culpable here, yeah, culpable, yeah. Uh, I think that that is a gross miscalculation as to what's happening, which is that they're taking ad revenue for gambling. Therefore, the league feels that they're under a more minute microscope, yeah. in regards to gambling, yeah, yeah. Doesn't say it, so. I, <laughs> We're we're pushers, not users. You know, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. sorry. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah. but my point is, is that they feel that they're under a more, um, <clears throat> they're under a microscope. Yep. And and which they are in terms of, in terms of making sure that they are not, uh, breaking the rules put forth by their uh, by their gambling partners, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now, the only thing that I'm going to say to that, this one was actually flagged by one of their gambling partners. Right, like it was, it was a suspicious activity that was flagged by one of those companies. Yeah, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. the one of the four hundred official <laughs> yeah, yeah. partners of the NHL. Right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, so that's what I'd, I'd, I'll say is that that is being getting wrong in the narrative is that it it's because of the of the gambling ad revenue that this becomes a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, two things. One. Um, Firstly, Todd Bertuzzi got 13 games for his hit on Moore. Yeah. 13 <laughs> games. The yeah, man was yeah. paralyzed. Right. Yeah. And there is that equivalency Literally. As well. there's, there's that equivalency that people are, are applying as well, which... I, I find I'm a, one of those people. Yeah, and I find that one a little diff, more difficult to defend, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, I mean, I go back to Brian Allen breaking Henrik Zetterberg's leg with a two-hander and getting two games for it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, like it, it's, yeah, I mean, that's an equivalency that I can't What reconcile? did Marty McSurley get for Donald Bashir yeah, for two-handing I, yeah, him in yeah. the head? Yeah, yeah. In the head. Yeah. I, so I... There's like a an expression, or it it might be a Bible quote, or it, it's it's basically like where you put your treasure is where your heart is. Yeah, yeah, right. And this is the NHL showing what they care about, right? Which is we need to placate right. the ad revenue people, right? And I'm not worried about the the head contact and the and and the. You know. Oh I, no, I don't think it's the ad revenue they're worried about. I think it's the integrity of the game. I think you, that's that's at the that's at the that's at the heart of this is that they want to make sure that people know that there are not guys that are ever going to bet on hockey and are ever going to, you know, sully 
you know, the, 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 the result of the game. I, I think that's what it is. Okay. I don't, I don't think it's got to do with placating, uh, you know, betting places or whatever, whatever. I think it's, it's to pre- preserve the integrity of the game. But and, they need and, to know, preserve the that integrity is, is that for one, what? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. For the betting places. Well, no, but for the competition, for the actual yeah. competition. But, but, but I, I mean, it's two different people, right? Like the one side is, is player safety, which I always find to be, you know, uh, a, a contradiction in terms. It's right up there with, you know, jumbo shrimp and, army intelligence right right player safety and the other is is the league so i mean it's too different like it's it's not comparing apples to oranges because i i mean like you say i mean it does tell you where the league's real kind of um you know concern lies um but it is kind of two different factions right so yeah yeah i I hear you on that, but they're two different, not mutually exclusive, rather mutually beneficial factions. Yeah. Uh, so that's all. That's all I. I okay. I'd say on that, but yeah, I mean that. That's at, at the end of the day. That's all I'd say is that. Uh, is is that he's, yeah, he's yeah. he's being he's being punished. I think that the league does a surprisingly good job of, um, of. Uh, Substance abuse mm-hmm. and gambling can, and much like substance abuse, can, not in all cases, but can be a mental health issue. Right. And should maybe therefore be treated as such. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that any player, mm, yeah, I'm any not, player yeah. that's dumb enough to bet on their own sport, right, right, right. probably has a gambling problem. And, and, and I mean, it, it probably doesn't need to be said, but it should be said here that. I mean, there is absolutely zero evidence that Shane Pinto even bet on hockey, let alone his own team. So that is not, you know, yeah. but, but there's a slippery slope. I mean, Pete Rose isn't in the Baseball Hall of Fame because of all of this, right? <laughs> you know? Right, exactly. Yeah, so. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, do you want to move on? Yep. Yeah, I feel like that's that's a that's a short but sweet topic. Okay. Why waste too much breath on it? One more thing. Just kidding. The Vancouver Canucks yep. have gotten off to a reasonable start. A shockingly reasonable a start. A shockingly reasonable <laughs> yeah, start. Yeah, and yeah. the reason why I say this, and I actually, if, if you don't mind, I take a little bit of the floor here. Yep. Um, I promise to give it back at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, the Vancouver Canucks got off to a bad start under Bruce Boudreau. And now, the year before Bruce Boudreau got hired, they had a huge bump when Boudreaux took over, which which is which is customary for Bruce Boudreaux coach teams usually. Like right. he, he comes in and turns. He's like the he's like the the turnaround artist. You know, like if you're not playing well, you he comes in and you go on a heater. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But um, in the most recent coaching hire, they had less of a bump. Yeah. Than the Bruce Boudreaux bump. Right. And so I was wondering if they were in for more of a fall. Mm-hmm. come the following year, right. but uh, that does not uh, appear to be the case. Tell me your thoughts on the Vancouver Canucks. Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of different reasons for it. Um, I think the Rick Tockett effect is real. I yeah. think, I think that, you know, he has instilled, you know, a lot of fundamentals and a lot and more like maybe not, X's and O's, but definitely accountability. 
right in that in that organization. Um, but it comes down to the players. I mean, JT Miller is a hundred times better this year than he was last year. Brock Besser has six goals in eight games. You know, their goaltending's way better with Thatcher Demko and Casey DeSmith. Yeah, it's been a lot better. Casey um, Smith is even you know, quite good. Elias Pettersson is uh, being Elias Pettersson. He's among the he's among the uh, NHL's scoring leaders. He's in the top ten. Um, I think just by the eye test, he's looked better this year, yeah, even than last yeah, year. Yeah, well, and and he's and he's just becoming that complete player, right? Yeah, you know, like he's just becoming that complete player. Um, and you know, I mean, I think. That a guy like Quinn Hughes, I think Philip Hironic has was a great signing for them. He's been yeah. he's been a great defense partner for Quinn Hughes. Yeah. Um, and I mean, really, you know, like their their defense is not suspect, but um, it's a little thin. Yeah. Um, and and I think Quinn Hughes a is like way way better defensively than people give him credit for. Mm-hmm. Like far better. Like I like there was a stretch, and and I, I'm. I'm not sure if it's been broken, but there was a stretch through the first couple of weeks where he was not on the ice for a five on five goal against. Right. Um, and you know, I mean, when you've got a guy that moves the puck that well, that gets you out of trouble, that cleans up messes in the defensive zone, the way he does, um, you know, I think, you know, you're going to be, it's going to be good if he's playing a lot and he is. Mm-hmm. And and I, I just think that, you know, the, the, the things are coming together much better, you know, for everyone. You know, JT Miller, who would have thought that, you know, he would come out like this? Um, Brock Besser didn't look like he was gone. Uh, I mean, I guess Connor Garland is still asking for a trade. He's, but he's playing on, on the right side of the third line. So really, you know, I mean, it's not, it's not, there, there's not, there's not a ton of drama around this team right now and you know that they they they're just producing at every at every level i mean their bottom two lines are kind of not doing much um you know but their top two lines are 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 absolutely uh on fire and 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 they're playing complete games like that you know i mean that win over st louis on friday night they won six nothing mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know, that that was as good as that's 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 as good a game as the Vancouver Canucks have probably played in three years, you know? Yeah. And then the next night they have every excuse to mail it in and they don't, they, they play the Rangers hard and and they lose in, in overtime yeah. on a, on a, on a absolutely incredibly blown missed call mm-hmm. that led to the, that, that led to rain to the Rangers goal in overtime. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think, I think that, that, it starts with Rick Tockett, but I think Rick Tockett has has brought out a lot in these players that uh, maybe others weren't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, um, uh, I I think that I've been very surprised by them. Mm-hmm. I definitely did not have them pegged here. Uh, regarding Quinn Hughes, I mean, this is the classic narrative. Any undersized defenseman is like, oh, they're only they're only offensive, but. I mean, I have one question, right? It's rhetorical, but feel free to answer it. Yeah. Where does defense take place on the ice? Right. Everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. Everywhere, right. Yeah. yeah. And so we get always stuck, you know, seeing the net front guy, the guy that's like, oh, he's big in front of the net. And that's like, that's like 10, that's like 
3% of the ice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're good at covering 3% of the ice. And this guy, like Quinn Hughes, a guy like who's Quinn Hughes, who may, might not be good there, is good at 97% of the ice. Yep. Yeah, I take the guy that's better at ninety-seven percent in a vacuum. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, with, yeah, without yeah. you know, without yeah. any further context, I take yeah, the guy yeah. that's good at ninety-seven percent of the, the the ice that over the guy that's good at three percent of the ice. You yeah. know, every day of the week, um, they have a shockingly low expected goals for per sixty. Their expected goals for per sixty is two point two. Wow! So they're not do, and that's at five versus five. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. so they're not they're they're not doing it at five versus five. It's it's a lot of um, a lot of their xG is coming on the on the power play, mm-hmm. and uh, which has been again, uh, I don't know what rate they've been clicking at, but they've looked good. Like they're whipping the puck around and looking and looking good and attacking well off the rush. Right, um, JT Miller is a revelation to me. I really I I just. With everything that happened last year, I just thought that he was. I didn't think that JT Miller was in for a repeat from uh, his great performance last year. Yeah, but he, had a, a, but he had a great performance the year before, and the year before, and the year before. It's it's starting to become more of a. No, but I mean, no, no okay, really, he's yeah, been, he's, been right. a, he's been a point of game guy for like the better part of, you know, this is his fifth year. So, um, you know, I mean, at some point, I, I think he starts to show what he is. And that is that he is he's a, a he's a gritty, good goal scoring player who's capable of putting up a point a game and you know, really brings, I think, a lot of intangibles. Yeah. So yeah. 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 I, sure. But there's also a lot of noise about him last year. Mm-hmm. And then Bo Horvat was shipped out allegedly. Yeah. Uh because of the noise between he and and Bo Horvat and who's the real leader of the team and all of that right. nonsense. I don't know when when stuff like that happens and then and then one guy is given the full reins of a team. I find that often, guy folds like a cheap chair. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, often often he also takes it and goes with it. Hey, fair enough. Right. Look, uh, this whole preamble is for me saying that I'm wrong. Okay, <laughs> you don't need to prove me wrong. Yeah. The yeah. whole point when when yeah. I said I said let's talk about the Vancouver Canucks, it was literally from the angle of I didn't think the Vancouver Canucks were going to do this, and I'm going to you know you know go in and uh, and just be wrong <laughs> for a 40 minute segment. <laughs> so the uh, you were talking about the Bo Horvat trade for Anthony Bovillier, who is currently the right winger on the fourth line. Yeah, but we ha- knew that that was not great. Games. Well, yeah, but I think you thought he was going to get more than what he's done. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. But nobody was sitting there and say- and saying, well, he's no Bo Horvat, but Anthony Beauvillier could still be a very serviceable middle six winger. But he can be uh, a close to 20 goal scorer and a 45 point guy, I think. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, he can't do that. Anybody can be anything. He can't do that playing on the fourth line. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then once he's done playing hockey, he can he can be an astronaut if he wants, or the president (laughs) of the United States of America. No, he can't. He was born in Canada. Ah, boy, you hate the technicality. (laughs) You hate to see it. Yeah, Um, yeah. So, anyways, I look. That's all I'm saying. The Vancouver Canucks have uh, very much surprised me, and that surprise comes right from coaching. And to up and down the lineup. So the question now is... The only thing that hasn't surprised me is goaltending. Go on. The question now is, you know, I mean, we're one, we're 10% of the way through the season. Right. 
Is it real? Is it real? Can they keep it up? Exactly what I was going to ask you. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's yeah, what she well, said. Yeah, yeah. Well, it really helps that they play in what is unequivocally, unequivocally, yeah. the worst division in the NHL. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps um, ever. Right. <laughs> uh, but I think... You know, I mean, I, I don't think Seattle's going to be near as good as they were last year, but they're going to be better. Edmonton is going to be better. You know, yeah. they, they're going to pick up. You know, Anaheim, like I said on the podcast last week, they're a tough out, and they are a tough out. They're 500 right now. So, you know, L.A. is probably a better team than than Vancouver. Um, so, and then Vegas is obviously the, the cream of the crop. So, you know, I, I would... I would expect them, based on what they've done in the first 10% of the season, to be playing meaningful games down the stretch and, and you know, battling for a wild card spot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the- San Jose's terrible. Calgary looks like a mess. They can't score five on five to save their lives. Edmonton is going, Edmonton's going to be there. So, you know, Vegas is going to be there. You're pretty sure LA is going to be there and you know, Edmonton's going to be there. So then it's, you know, now it's Seattle. Now you're looking at the Seattle's, the Vancouver's, you know, that sort of thing. And, you know, in the other division, you know, Colorado's going to be there. You know, Dallas is going to be there. And then it's a bit of a crapshoot there too. I mean, you know. Minnesota could be there. Yeah, Minnesota. Well, not they haven't played well at all lately. St. Louis, I don't think St. Louis is going to be there. Arizona, maybe. Yeah. You know, Chicago, forget it. It's going to, it's the, you know, it's, it's good. The, the balloon's going to burst pretty soon. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're, they're three and five, so you yeah. could say it's good. They're about to get worse. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so, yeah, so now you've got the Nashvilles and the Winnipegs and that. So I would expect that Vancouver, given the bottom heavy mediocrity of yeah, that yeah. conference, yeah. Uh, should be in a spot where they're at the very least, you know, battling for a uh, for a wild card spot. I mean, you make a good point with that. There's a few things in their advanced stats that that leave me very concerned that the start is not is not right. Um like I said, very low expected goals for per, uh very low expected goals for per 60 uh bottom third of the league for expected goals for percentage, middle of the pack on Corsi. Uh there's some things in their advanced stats that lead me to think that it's not um, that said, though, uh, the quote unquote eye test looks pretty good on them. They yeah. look like a team that pushes and yeah. battles and and, yeah, and they, scratches and claws. Well, it was funny because um, Rick Tockett was on uh, after hours after the game, and he said that that their big mantra is is meet pressure with pressure, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So don't you know don't back away you know like you know when you're being pressured in the neutral zone or whatever yeah. you know meet pressure with pressure and that that obviously is going to up the tempo of your play and yeah. you know and those sorts of things so I, I mean yeah yeah so anyways that, that's that's my that's my point is that it, it, rarely do I see kind of eye test versus analytics as being uh, at loggerheads with one another especially because the what I like, like in terms of like what I like to see mm-hmm. for a team style of play tends to line up with what leads to good analytics. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So, 
uh, kind of a chicken or egg situation there. But my point is, is that there there are some causes for concern. But like you said, with the with the conference, and I, and I wonder, I wonder, and I I don't know that this is going to be the case, but I wonder if as the season goes on, if Elias Pettersson doesn't sign an extension, you know, I mean. That becomes a if that becomes an issue. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's not as much of an issue as it would be if he were going to be an R, uh, uh, um, a UFA. A UFA. Yeah, but he's he's a register uh, registered restricted restricted free agent with arbitration rights. So, I mean, chances are he's going to be under contract for at least one more year because somebody's going to take somebody to arbitration. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so it's not that much, but but you want. You know, you want that guy signed long term and happy. You know, and, and happy. And I think he wants to win. So I, I think that you know, if he sees that this team is you know making moves in that direction, it probably bodes a lot better for him saying, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a five year deal." Yeah. You know. Yeah. Or maybe an eight year deal. Yeah. Um. All right. Should we move on to to Mr. Jumbo Joe? Whose number will be retired by the Sioux Greyhounds, I think, next weekend. This weekend. This coming weekend. There you so, go. To, to the surprise of no one. Yeah, I'm wondering why it wasn't done already. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, well, you know, they only had like 45 years to think about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More like 28, but yeah. Anyways. So, the, so firstly... Uh, all the best retirement. Yeah. Secondly, the the real question now comes in in terms of legacy. Where does he rank for hockey players that have never won a Stanley Cup? Yeah. Okay. First of all, Joe Thornton, one of the all time great guys in the game. Yeah. Without question. Absolute um, beauty. Yeah. I watched him. The first time I watched him was ninety four ninety five season before he got drafted. Yeah. He wasn't drafted first overall in the OHL. No. I believe Daniel Kachuk went ahead of him that year. Oh. Because they knew that they could get keep Jan, Daniel Kachuk for three years, Barry, I think. And, and, right. And, this, and everybody else knew Joe was going to be two years and out. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I stand corrected on that. Why don't you look it up, Dylan? But I, th- I don't think he went first overall in the OHL draft. I think he went second. Um, but anyways, I went to see him play for the, uh, junior B team called the St. Thomas stars. And he was a 15 years old and he was dominant, dominant for that team. Like he was second overall. You're right. Yeah. 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 Jeez. Behind, you got a memory. Sometimes. I think yeah, I'm pretty sure behind Daniel Kachuk. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, and, and anyways, he was absolutely dominant. He had like a hundred points that year in junior B hockey. I saw him play in Niagara Falls and his team was loaded with 18 and 19 year olds and he was easily the best player on the ice. So I, I, I went and talked to him that, that day and, and, and that kind of started a relationship that continued through his NHL career. He knew who I was and we always have some good conversations and I always found him to be upright, you know, forthcoming, you know, a stand-up guy. Um, that just, you know, didn't, didn't quite get it done. Um, obviously one of the, one of the, one of the greatest playmakers in NHL history, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't think it's, I don't think that's a stretch at all to say that he's 
among playmakers, top three, top five yeah. in, in NHL history. Yeah. Um, you know, so, um, and, and a great team guy, like a fantastic team guy. Yeah. Um, the only thing with Joe is that I, I always got the sense that, I don't know. I, I don't know. He just, he, he loved being a hockey player. He mm-hmm. loved everything about being a hockey player. Um, but I, I think that, you know, that killer instinct was kind of missing sometimes. Yeah. And, and so, you know, so he, he played for a lot of teams that, you know, a San Jose team that maybe should have won one and, and didn't. And then, and then, you know, mucked around at the end of his career with Toronto and Florida and all that other stuff. Right. So, so he's hall of famer 2026. He's, you know, write it in like, in engrave it in granite. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Write it in, in non- erasable marker he's going to be a 2026 hall of famer permanence the words you're looking for um so as far as but but like i think it's interesting to see where so that debate isn't even a debate so now the debate is where does he rank in my like like one of the debates i'm having is where does he rank in terms of guys who never won a stanley cup Mm -hmm. as far as you know the greatest players um and i've got him right now i've got him fifth okay okay so, I mean, everybody and anybody has Marcel Dion as the number one guy, right? Okay, so he's, he's the guy. Uh, never even got past the second round. Like, he was, wow, he had and played for some bad teams and was not, wasn't great in the playoffs himself a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, so, so, okay, so I've got Marcel Dion number one. Uh, I'm going to put Pavel Bure number two. Um, okay. Only because... I like goals. I love goals. And I think yeah. goals are more important than assists. Yeah. I really do. I think they should be valued as more important than assists. They should be like worth two points or a point and a half. Yeah. As opposed to an assist. Um, so I'm going to put Pavel Burry second. I'm going to put Gilbert Perot third. Okay. And I'm going to put Eric Lindros fourth. And then Joe, Joe slots right in there. But Jumbo Joe slots right in at number five. I had a pair... Peter Stastny, Jerome McGinley, Dale Howarchuk, Adam Oates. He's ahead of those guys. Aginla. Yeah, I said Aginla. Oh, okay. Didn't, I'm sorry. I, oh, if I didn't say Aginla, I meant to say Aginla. Okay, gotcha. But anyways, yeah. But yeah. So I think he he slots in ahead of those guys, but behind uh, Dion, Bure, Perot, and Lindros. So firstly, I want to caveat my thinking on this with the fact that uh, – I think the goalies need to be excluded from this list. Okay. I would put like three goalies as like the top three. You would, eh? So who would your goalies be? In no particular order. Roberto Luongo. Roberto Luongo. Yeah. Um, Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah. Carey Price. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those 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 are the three. It's really the modern era goaltenders, he, right? I, I wouldn't put any of those guys ahead of Joe Thornton. No, eh? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No. So okay, that's fine. Um, I mean, obviously, they're I'm, all they're all Hall of Famers or will be Hall of Famers. Yeah. Yep. Um, I would say that the the one that the one that I think really, I think it's Roberto Luongo. He was so good for so long. He mm-hmm. had 
And he came so painfully close. <laughs> and he came so painfully close, yeah. right. But he had such a, an incredible career that spanned such a long time. Like, it, it, and is he, he's like third all time in wins, I believe, mm-hmm. maybe fourth. Yep. Um, I, I don't know that wins are a great metric for goalies, but anyways, go it's ahead. not a great metric. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying yeah. it is, but yeah. it's, uh, but it's, it, like, it's why not don't, for why nothing. Don't, why don't you mention like the left wingers with the most wins Yeah, or yeah. the defensemen with the most wins? You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. it's not for nothing. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm now bear in mind though, Ken, I said that right after talking about his longevity. Right. So right. I'm using it as a metric for his longevity. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyways, Thornton, for me, you're going to just hate it, but it's, it's, I'm a product of my generation. Thornton, for me, would be number one. Number one. Players. Wow, eh? Number okay. one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He, uh, to me, firstly, so you talked about seeing him 95, 96? 94, 95. 94, 95? Yep. I was ages four and five. Right. Joe Thornton was my favorite player growing up. And remained my favorite player up until basically the end of the San Jose era. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, he was a guy that could get it done a hundred different ways. He was not a super physical guy. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while just thought, I'm going to remind people why they call me Jumbo. Yeah, yeah. And it was just yeah. hilarious to just see him just just a little switch went off in his brain. And he just thought, you know, you know what doesn't exist? The other five guys in the other team. Yeah, yeah, They yeah. don't exist to me. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and then, of course, his personality was unbelievably hilarious, doing the shirtless interviews, and he's already, like, getting, like, the old man dad bod kind yeah, of thing yeah, going yeah. on. He's yeah, doing the short, yeah. shirtless interviews. I would agree, in hindsight, I would agree that that lack of killer instinct... And that was kind of highlighted in the Maple Leafs yeah, series. Yeah, hey, we're playing in the NHL. This is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he... Well, when he said... And he also said, hey, we're in first place or something, right? I, yeah, exactly. I never even watched it. I didn't watch it no? because I just... I don't like documentaries that are produced by the people who are the subject <laughs> of the documentary. That's not a documentary, in my opinion. Yeah. But, but it actually, for, for, from what I understand, for a, an in-house production, it actually was pretty telling in a lot of... A lot of areas, and that might have been one of them. Yeah, yeah, I mean that. In a sense, that was one of them. Sheldon Keith calls him into their office, and he's like, "He's like, look, guys, there's some things that we need to change with how we play." And his response was like, "Well, we're in first place, so right. like, kind of, right. yeah. you know, lay off the guys' backs." Um, but that said, uh, you know, they basically blamed their whole season on like Jimmy VC. <laughs> so it's kind of like it's like uh, it's like to your point is like the producers of the show. AKA the Toronto Maple Leafs are going like, ah, who should our scapegoat be? Oh, well, you know, that really important offseason piece we brought in on a league minimum contract. Yeah, let's right. uh right. let's scapegoat him. But um yeah, in hindsight, yeah, I think he did he did lack a little bit of that killer instinct, but uh his his playoff run, the year that they got the the year that they lost to Pittsburgh in the Stanley Cup final, that playoff run might have been for him personally one of the more dominant playoff performances I've seen by a player. Mm-hmm. He was uh, he was all over the place. He was just... And I just... It was so hard. It was so hard to believe that they were going to win against Pittsburgh, but also yeah. so hard uh, to not root for them. Yeah, they were... Because they were all in their mid to late 30s. Yeah, I mean, I they, got the sense that Pittsburgh was going to win that series too, but they made a good series out of it. It, it was a great six. series. They took them to six. You it know? was a great yeah. series. It was yeah. one of the better... 
Yeah. Uh, more back and forth Stanley Cup finals. Jonas Dunskoy. That's when that's when he when he scored in overtime. The guy in the guy in Finland. The, yeah. The, the, the announcer in Finland said Jonas effing Dunskoy. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways. Uh, yep. Yeah, I, I I think that and and bear in mind that number one on your list, I never watched play. Right now, here's somebody that you omitted from your list, and I'm kind of curious about this guy. And I'm curious where where you you put him, uh, Phil Housley. Yep, that was another one. Yep, yep. Because you admitted him from your before mm-hmm. Joe Thornton list, yeah. And I don't think that I heard him on your after Joe Thornton list. No, no. I, I would put him. I would put him probably behind all those other guys. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. And when I when you were talking about goalies, I was hoping you were going to say one guy, and then I was going to catch you up in a. But you wouldn't know anyways, so you probably have never even heard of this guy. Who? Tony Esposito. He won a cup. When? When did he win a cup? That's actually a really good question. See, that is, that's one of those things that people think. Huh. People think Tony Esposito never won a Stanley Cup, but he actually did. I just said that he did. I know, I know, but most people don't think because they equate him with his Chicago career, right? Right, yeah, yeah. Where he never won a Stanley Cup. No, he didn't win a Stanley he, Cup in Chicago. He, they got to the final in seventy one and seventy three and got beat by the Canadians. Um, and and so people, a lot of people think he never won a Stanley Cup, but what people don't realize is that he was actually a Montreal Canadian, and in nineteen sixty nine. Gump Worsley got hurt. Right. And Rogie Vashon was the number one goalie, and Tony Esposito was the backup in the Stanley Cup final. And in order to get your name on the Stanley Cup, you have to appear in either 40 regular season games or one Stanley Cup final game. And Tony Esposito, by virtue of being the backup, right. appeared. So his name is on the Stanley Cup. <laughs> and and people like people are so clueless about that that even when they were doing like when they uh they created a replica Stanley Cup in the 90s yeah yeah and they put instead of T Esposito on on Montreal for 1968 69 they put P Esposito they put P Esposito oh yeah yeah, yeah they did yeah, yeah. he yeah. was never on the Montreal Canadiens as an FYI no yeah nope, <laughs> nope. never so i've got actually a funny uh Tony Esposito story yep um it's sort of a story of a story there was a guy who is a skills coach in uh, in Durham, and uh, and he played a little bit in the NHL, and he said and he said to me we we're we we're just chit chatting after getting off the ice. I was coaching the goalies, and he was doing like some skating drills with the players, and we we're just chit chatting. He said, "Oh, hey, I've got a crazy one for you." He says, "He says I played in Chicago, and uh, guess who my roommate was? Hall of Fame goaltender, and uh, and, and the guy's about." early to mid fifties, right? Like not that old. And I said, oh, Hall of Fame goaltender, Chicago. And I said, not Tony Esposito. No, it's not if he's in his mid fifties. Right. So, so he got <laughs> so pissed off. He was like, Tony Esposito. I said, I said, not Tony Esposito. I'm trying to think of Hall of Ed Fame. Ed Belfour? It was, was Ed it? Belfour. Yeah, it was Ed But Belfour here's the thing. Or, I think yeah. of Belfour for Dallas and for Toronto. And I always forget that Belfour played for Chicago. Yeah, won the Calder Trophy. He was the best rookie, and I think he won the Vezina that year, too. Yeah, but you didn't think of Ed Belfort right away, either. Not right away. No. Not right away. My first thought was Dominic Hoshik. Right. And then I went to Belfort. Yeah, but yeah. anyways, uh, he said he said Ed Belfort, and I and, and I laughed because I just like it totally blanked on Belfort playing for Chicago. 
Anyways, who's yeah. the, what's the guy's name? I, I I'm not gonna say <clears> that. <throat> I'm gonna have to guess now. Yeah, you you can go ahead and guess. Okay. I'm gonna be getting texts at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, okay. From Ken. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, he had a cup of coffee in the NHL. I don't think that he was a major player, but yeah, Belfort won the Calder and Vezina in his first year in Chicago. Yes. Huh. Yeah. Well, anyways, I think about him for winning the cup in Dallas, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I think about him for Toronto because I'm from, guess where? Toronto. 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 No, Toronto. Well, thanks for sticking around, everybody, at the end of this <laughs> podcast. Uh, it's been great. Uh, you can check out Ken at kencampbell.substat.com, <clears throat> at ken underscore 27 on Twitter. You can check me out on Twitter or Instagram at Dylan Coach or at underscore Dylan Wah. And we will talk to you. Ken, do you have anything more to add? I'm still trying to figure out who this guy was. <laughs> <laughs> and we will talk to you next week.